Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I found my way back to a higher ground. Yeah, I just want to feel alive. Welcome to Higher Ground with Julian King. Yeah, hello everyone. High ground this Wednesday evening, 1st of June 2022. Good to bump into Stevie J, Stevie Johnson uh, here in Sydney. It's nice to say hello to him. And in the quick changeover, he's just talked about, well, we're slamming McLaren for not serving our Daniel Ricciardo. That it is officially the first day of winter, the 1st of June 2022. I tell you what, Sydney let us know in no uncertain terms today. <laughs> Very chilly in the Harbour City. I reckon it was, what, 15? You know how they do the whole, oh, 15, but feels like sort of 12. Like, Well, just tell me what it feels like. Because so, oh, the only reason you check the temperature is to determine what you're going to wear for the day, right? It's 20, but it feels like 10. Okay, so I've got to dress for 10. It was chilly, reasonably cool on the gold as well. Julian King, with you, great to have your company. Wherever you tuned in, 1170 SEN Sydney, 1620 on the Gold Coast, and, of course, anywhere across the globe via the SEN app. Now, if you are out and about this fine evening, and you've got nothing better to do. Hey, look, let's just keep each other company. My open line number, one three hundred zero one eleven seventy. One three hundred zero one eleven seventy. Give me a call on the text line 0457 736 736. Joining me tonight, Simon McLaughlin, Deputy Sports Editor of the Daily Telegraph, will be along shortly to have a look at the back pages of tomorrow's papers. No doubt plenty of origin content. Brett Phillips will have a look at a French Open for us with the latest from Roland Garros. Uh, how good was Rafa this morning? He is a freak. He's an absolute freak, and I'm so happy you beat Novak too. There's the head-to-head, it's just it's just remarkable. And the Mad Russian is here tonight, going to run me through the ringer for another round of Agree to Disagree. Look, we need to reflect, don't we, on the news that broke this afternoon, a week out from Origin 1, that being the retirement of the great man Ray Rabbits Warren. His voice is synonymous with rugby league. And as Webby wrote, legendary commentator Ray Warren has called his last game of rugby league. Kick and chase by Mullins. Kick and chase again by Mullins. This will be a miracle. Oh, it is a miracle. Oh, my goodness. You won't see anything like that again this year and maybe never. Oh, he's so good. He's so good. How many can get you out of your chair? How many in history have, I mean, there's been great commentators, but just have that ability. And you can't be taught to, to drag you out of your chair. And Rabs is one of those. He's 78, confirmed today. Hanging up the binoculars, and there's been so many months of speculation about his future. That means for Rabbi, stranded on 99 state of origin calls after last year's series, won by New South Wales. He says, I've got nothing to prove, and he doesn't have anything to prove. Called league for 55 years, as we said, 99 oranges. Oranges. <laughs> we used to say that at school. State of oranges. Origins. Uh, he just said his time in the com box is over. He says it's a sad time. He'll still be employed by nine doing whatever's required of him. What will he do now? So I had a bit of discussion with the nine sports boss, Brent Williams, and decided probably about a week ago, he said, look, no, I'm, that's me. I'm done. I'm done. And he's a very humble man. He says it's been an easy 
uh, well, it's been easy leaving the commentary box. Each time I came back, I knew I was getting closer to making a fool of myself. And I think that was his concern, that he, he was going to lose it and he didn't want people to judge him badly. They said, better to go too early than to go too late, as they say. So Warren's retirement means now that Matty Thompson is expected to call Origin 1. What about this? 99 Origins, 45 grand finals. 45 grand finals. Three Melbourne Cups. Of course, they did the swimming. In fact, the Mad Russian and I were just looking at some of the swimming calls. They were great as well. Probably not spoken about enough. He started in TV, Rabs, 1974 with the 10 Network. Joined the 9 Network in 1988 to call the Rugby League World Cup final. And that kick-started that, that long and incredible career. He's the voice of Rugby League, of course, honoured in the NRL Hall of Fame in 2019. How can you not love him? As I said, there are, there are many excellent commentators, both on TV and radio, but only a handful, only a select few can bring the excitement to an event in the manner in which Ray Warren can. And you heard there with that Mullins call. You know, when he goes up a few decibels, he just lifts you with him. And if you're not watching, he just makes you bolt in from the other room. What's happening? What's happening? And you've been all over social. You would have read social media today. And, you know, that's not a try. That's a miracle. I didn't want to play that one because you're going to hear it about a thousand times now from now (laughs) heading into Origin. There's so many good calls. It was just a gift that he had. He had that beautiful tone, that big, booming tone. It wasn't just the league, as I said, the swimming as well. Go well, Rabbits. You deserve to go out in your own terms. Matt Thompson, he's number number two now for a few years. And he will call State of Origin 1. Go well, Tomo. He's a good man. I remember chatting to Chris Warren, who used to host this program, Chrissy, a good friend of the station. And I said, what's happening to your old man, Chris? He goes, look, I don't know. He goes, I don't know. I don't think he knows. But then I pressed him. He goes, oh, I, Chris said, oh, I think he's done. Oh, I doubt he'll do it again. And this was many months ago, probably just prior to the start of the footy season. So there you go. The end of an era, 0457 736 736. Uh, still on footy. We've got four games this weekend. I know the show must go on. It's sort of, it's not quite the same, is it, when your teams are missing a host of origin stars? But if you go for a team that is not missing anybody and you're playing a team like a, you know, a Penrith or a Melbourne, you think, beautiful, this is the time to get them. Gold Coast, North Queensland Cowboys, Thursday night, 7.50 at Seabus Super Stadium. Uh, you wonder how. They picked themselves up off the canvas after blowing a 20-point halftime lead. The Gold Coast. And, of course, no Tino Fa'asur Maliawi, who was in that Queensland origin side. But the Cowboys, no Nanai, no Cotter, no Val Holmes. If they don't do it now, Gold Coast, they'll never do it. So I'm going to tip them, but with no great confidence, I have to say. Penrith Panthers, Canterbury Bulldogs. Uh, so Canterbury fans think, well, now, do we do it now? Matt Dufty had his best game of the year. Free try assists, gets a Dally M point and they drop him. <laughs> so I don't know what's happening there at Canberra. Looks like he was named, but he's not going to play. Looks like Corey Allen will play at fullback. And maybe Josh Adokar has a point to prove. But then you look about Penrith. I mean, that wonderful football factory. The whole bunch of second stringers coming in now. Six stars absent because of origin duty. Mm. But having said that, they've still got Corus out. They've still got Dylan Edwards who's averaging over 200 metres a game. Still got Fisher-Harris, still got Kickow, still got Leota, still got a pretty damn good footy team. A very good footy team. The Bulldogs, okay, they they were better last week. This looks like they're steadily improving under Mick Potter. Uh, I can't can't possibly tip them, though. 
you know, maybe Matt Burton lifts for his old club, but Panthers are too good. You know, we saw that without Cleary at the start of the year. Sean O'Sullivan comes in, just does his job. They have a system, and the system works. And I think it'll work again against the Bulldogs on Friday night, Blue Bet Stadium, 7.55 p.m. kickoff. And you'll hear that game live right here, NRL Nation, so SEN League. So I get the night off. Next award, footy. Yeah, Mulchy. What are we doing? You don't know. Okay. Well, you got uh, you got the rest of the show to, to figure out something fun to do Friday night. Then we've got Manly and the Warriors, 7.35 p.m. Saturday, Four Pines Park. Of course, Jake Trevojevic not picked for the Blues, so he will skip up the Manly side. No daily Cherry Evans. Josh Schuster gets a crack in the halves. Going to play number six, four, and number seven. Uh, Marty Tapao's going to add a bit of grunt as well. Jason Saab's back, so they've got some key ends. I think Manly will do this quite easily, to be honest. They've got the worst defence in the comp. You wouldn't touch them with a the barge pole, the Warriors. Now, this is a good game. Raiders-Roosters, 4.05 p.m. They get another one at home, GIO Stadium. Roosters, no Tedesco, no Tupu, no Collins. But, so Manu will play fullback. Billy Smith, Kevin Nogama get call-ups. But, but, the Raiders know Whiten and know Papali'i. Whiten's been their best player this year, just about. He was great last week. This is a really tough one. A really, I'm going to tip the Roosters, but with no great confidence at all. I have no idea which way this will go. It's a toss of the coin. So just the four games, and as Joel Kane said, well, teams not playing... Still get two points for reasons unknown to the best and brightest in their game. So what does it add? Why do you give teams points for the buy? Because the only thing it does is throw the ladder at you. Look, oh, look, you know, they're in 14 years, but they've had the buy. they still got two buys in hand. So add two more, add two lots of two, there's four points. And you go, okay, so it gives you enough to give a Panadol headache. 0457 736 736. Now to the French Open and the King of Clay. The two greatest rivals in men's tennis at the moment. Convened at the French Open again. And, and so much was saying that Novak was going to win this. So, well, you know what? I'm, I'm hoping Rafa will, but he's probably going to lean to Novak. They both arrived in the clay course season full of uncertainty. Djokovic had really improved since uh, having a bit of time out because of his vaccination stance. Nadal had a fractured rib, had a flare-up of that foot injury that's plagued him. His form in Paris has been okay. Of course, he got taken to five by the Canadian Felix. It's only the third time in his French Open history that's happened. You think, is he just starting to slip? But every time you say that, you forget who it is. It's Nadal. It's Rafa. At Roland Garros, 110 times he's played there with just three losses. Let that sink in. 17 years he's dominated. 17 years. So it doesn't matter... What's happening on either side and his form on either side? I mean, this is his kingdom. And he was too good for Djokovic in the end. 6-2, Four hours and 11 minutes. This is grinding. 59th meeting between the two. It's now 29 to Nadal, 30 to Djokovic head-to-head. That is astonishing. They've played 59 times, 29 30. You know, Jordan Thompson, the Aussie, who lost uh, early on to Nadal, and it's this great quote. Great quote. I'll see if I can find it for you. But he talked about, he sort of gave you an inclination of what it's like to play Nadal, on clay in particular, but just in general. And this is what he said. 
He said, I thought I was in trouble going out there. And then after that first point, I don't know how I won it, but I was thinking, shit. That's what I've got to do to win a point? So Jordan Thompson's going, how good is this? I want a point. Does that, I, this, I've got to bust my – this is how hard I've got to work just to get a point off Rafa. That gives you an indication of how hard it is to play against him. And the big shame was it was only a quarter final because it was finals worthy. Yeah, the problem is, right, the problem with the, with the matchup is because Nadal was seated fifth. And he was seated fifth despite being favourite with some bookies going into the tournament. So that's the issue. Too many tournaments align seedings with rankings, and I get that. But I know Wimbledon have on occasion strayed from that. But in a case like this, I would have thought Rafa had to be seated higher. I mean, it, it is Nadal for heaven's sake. So he's now going to meet Alex Verev, who toppled Alcaraz, uh, you know, Rafa Mark II. Uh, that's a result that surprised a few as well. And then on the other side of the draw, we've got Rublev and Chilich. They play their quarter tonight, and that winner takes on the winner of Kaspar Ruud and Holger Rune, and women's quarter final action on tonight as well. Look, uh, this is going to generate a fair bit of discussion. I saw this in the Australian today. And that's transgender swimmer Leah Thomas has revealed plans to compete at the 2024 US Olympic swim trials. And she's good enough, that'll put her on a collision course with superstars Katie Ledecky and maybe, if she makes it, Australia's Ariane Titmus. It's a long way to go. So Leah Thomas spoke for the first time about her controversial dominance of American college swimming. This is the NCAA 500-yard champion, declared she's no threat to women's sport and the Paris 2024 Olympics were now on her radar. She spoke to ABC News and ESPN in an interview yesterday. She said, well, trans women competing in women's sport does not threaten women's sport as a whole. Trans women are a very small minority of all athletes. The NCAA rules regarding trans women competing in women's sport have been around for 10 plus years. We haven't seen any massive wave of trans women dominating. That is true. The biggest misconception, I think, is the reason I transitioned. So people will say, ah, she just did it. She would have had an advantage so she could win. I transitioned to be happy, to be true to myself. I've been able to do the sport that I love as my authentic self. And I get that. I get that. And I also get why people go, hang on a minute, lowly ranked male, all of a sudden, highly competitive female. I get the concern that some people have. She's shown a lot of potential in the middle distance freestyle. Goes to the University of Pennsylvania, Leah Thomas, creating worldwide headlines for the victory. Being pretty dominant. And it's prompted huge debate. We know Emma McKeon has said it wouldn't be fair for biological women to have to race trans athletes. And it may, it may now become a reality if Leah Thomas qualifies for the 2024 Olympics because she said she's going to have a crack at the Olympic trials. But having said that, she has to adhere to the strict swimming hormone policy of Swimming USA. It's a tricky one. Can't exclude them. But what about this? Of the last 71,000 Olympians, there were only two trans women. One of them came last. The other 37 out of 42. And I think Leah Thomas's point here is right. Trans people are actually underrepresented in professional sport. So there is a bit of misplaced hysteria surrounding the issue. Won the 500-yard Ivy League, but her time was about 10 seconds slower than Katie Ledecky's time when she swam it. 10 seconds. The two silver medalists in Thomas's race were specialists in other events. 
Four minutes 33 she swam. As I said, about 10 seconds behind the record for the event set by Ledecky. So, so it's not a smashing, is it? It's not a smashing. And at the same championships from 18 events, 13 records are broken. Three by a single swimmer. No one's talking about that. This is the thing. That's all I'll say about that for now. 0457 736 736. Now, a bit of boxing news too. George Cambosis. This is firing up. This is on Sunday, this big fight. Launched a stinging attack on Devin Haney for making outrageous claims that he will never lose to a white boy during his career. There's a bit of a racial storm broke out in the lead-up to the world title blockbuster in Melbourne. It's pretty high-stakes stuff about at Marvel Stadium. 50,000, I think. Ferocious will win that, I reckon. But it's funny, when you talk about Devin Haney, whiteboard, doesn't does your mind flash back to that great barbershop scene in coming to America? They go, yeah, Rocky Marciano, that's their one. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, this fight has all the pre-fight fireworks you'd expect. It's got to be an absolute beauty. And still unboxing, Tim Zhu will fight Jamel Charlo. This is the one that he's wanted for a world title after the WBO. Awarded the American to be the next opponent for Australia's Australian boxing's biggest star. So this is a huge, huge fight for Tim Zoo. We might talk about that a bit more after the break. So last month, Charlo became the seventh man since 2004 to claim four major title belts. This is from The Telegraph. And did that in one division after toppling Argentina's Brian Castaño in California to secure the WBO, WBC and WBA, as well as IBF belts. And Zoo, Zoo is the number one challenger at Super Welterweight. This is massive. This is massive. We don't know where it's going to be, most likely in the States, you'd think. So they've got until June 20 to set a date. So we expect to see, well, hopefully we see Ferocious Cambosius win. And then Zoo v Charlo. That will be massive. 0457 736 736. That is the text line number. And if you want to give me a call, feel free. 1-300-01-1170. 1-300-01-1170 is that open line number. Julian King, we're up and running on a Wednesday night. You're listening to High Ground. Great to have your company this Wednesday night. 0457 736 736, the text line number. And that open line number, one 1170 Extra, extra, read all about it. It's the newspaper, mama, newspaper. He does over 18 shows now, Peter Combs. Simon McLaughlin, Deputy Sports Editor of the Daily Telegraph. Good evening to you. Well, it's quite an intro. Thanks very much for that. Do you yeah. remember that one? What, he did that frying egg on a slippery dip as well yes. and a few others, yes. Yes, I do remember that one. Yeah. It was great. Good times. Yeah, now you can reminisce and, and have a beer in the process. Anyway, uh, your dogs. I mean, if, if ever there's a time to meet Penrith, it's this weekend, Simon. Oh, look, I heard you talk about that. Um, uh, one great thing about this period for the dogs is that um, the state of origin doesn't really affect us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> us and the uh, West Tigers, I think, are the only two clubs not affected. Mm. Uh, sorry, and the Warriors um, by the origin period. So, look, I still can't see them uh, getting near Pen- uh, Penrith, but it would be lovely to see Josh Adokar um, Get four, you know, right? A few, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Or Matt Burton as well, because you know what? A lot of people like Matt Burton in the centres for New South Wales. They didn't pick him, but he has his admirers. Yeah, that's for sure. He's the reigning centre of the year, Dalian centre of the year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, isn't that funny? 
He's playing, yeah, toss the Bulldogs to play him out of position. Anyway, uh, we'll get to rugby league in a moment. But, of course, Tim Zhu, uh, he's got that um, that fight that he so dearly coveted. Now, he is, I guess you could call this pretty brazen, attempting to be the first mm. sporting event to feature at the new Sydney Football Stadium. Yeah, that's right. Um, look, I think we all thought this was locked in, that the first event at the new football stadium would be Roosters v South Sydney on September 2, followed by Wallabies versus the Springboks on September 3. But Tim Zoo's management is using the fact that they could have this huge um, world title fight um, against Jamel Charlo um, as, a, as a bit of a wedge to try and maybe get the, the uh, government to agree that that fight could be the thing that opens the new Sydney football stadium. Wow. Of course, Jamil Charlo would have to agree um, to fight in Australia, but you would have to think that that would be, they'd probably get about 50,000 people there for that, um, that there might be the financial incentive for him to make that decision. Uh, it would be an amazing way to open the stadium. It is a genuine wow. sort of world-class event rather than, you know, the sort of more regional event that the South Roosters game would be. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, I'd love to see it. It's, we've seen a big fight at that venue before when the, the old Sydney Football Stadium had uh, Mundine, Danny Green, of course, yep. in yep. 2006. That was the first one, wasn't um, it? That, so Chalk won the first one. And um, where was the second yeah. one again? Adelaide or something, wasn't it? Somewhere I can't, I can't remember, remember the yeah. second one was, yeah. but yeah, I remember Danny Green being very gaunt uh, in the first fight. Yeah, to come the, down, um, to come down. down. Wait, that's right. That'll be huge. Isn't it funny? Like there were all this talk about, oh, what's going to be the first sport played? I mean, this wasn't on the radar yesterday. No one was talking about it. Now it's becoming a very real possibility. And further to that, I mean, we've got Cambosis and Haney on Sunday. Mm. In a sense, it, it's. You know, looking ahead, maybe it's a bit of a test run to see how a, a world champion boxing event uh, mm. will go being hosted in Australia and what sort of traction it will get overseas as well. Absolutely. I think that's, that would be something that the Charlo team would be looking at. Um, it's, it's probably Marvel Stadium would hold a similar amount to, for boxing anyway mm. to um, the new Sydney footy stadium. So that's exactly right. Um, and, and, you know, you flash enough cash at these blokes. Anything can happen. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know what? I, I thought far out when you sent me that through, and I thought, gee, surely, mm. you know, Charlo's holding the cards in the fight with the States. But as you said, money talks now. We're a week away from Origin 1. Oh, what did you think of the sides, by the way? Are you happy with New uh, South Wales? Not too bad. Not too bad. There was a few unusual decisions. Mm. I, I'm not, so I, I get the theory that you need some height to counter the tall wingers for the Maroons. But uh, I don't know if that many people are convinced by Daniel Tupo uh, in that position. Um, He hasn't, you know, he's had his chances before and hasn't really sort of owned it. So that's that's an unusual one. And I think, well, certainly in our paper, we thought Jack White would be the 14 and Steve Crichton would be starting. And then it sort of came out that it was flipped the other way. So Mm. um, that was the other one that seemed to confused people and you know it may be that he even swaps it back by the time we get to kick off but we'll have to see yeah i, I have a feeling he's going to switch him oh i don't know why i just you know, it, it seems mm. odd that you start white in the center and just keep Crichton on the bench you know to me but who knows yes. who knows he named a squad didn't he before he named a team brad, brad fitler speaking of 
Brad mm. Fittler. Tell us about this clause yes. that could see him set a New South Wales record and then threaten rumoured plans that Phil Gould may have for him. Yes, well, so Brad Fittler has 13 Origin games coached. He's only a couple behind Laurie Daly, so he'd go past his uh, record for most games coached for New South Wales by the end of this year. Phil Gould is the man who holds the record for New South Wales at 24 games. But if Brad Fittler lifts the shield in either this season or next season, he can um, trigger a clause that gives him another season in charge of the Blues for 2024. Uh, now, interestingly, you know, who knows? He, he, if he's still in charge by that point, maybe he um, can threaten Phil Gould's record. Um, but of course... Bill Gould might be the man who stops him from doing that because the rumours are pretty strong that Gould is interested in getting Freddie Fittler to coach the Bulldogs. Now, we can't confirm that it's anything more than rumours at this stage, but just reading between some of the lines, Gus Gould, for instance, saying that, um, you know, he hasn't had any job applications and all that sort of stuff. Maybe it's because he... Hasn't been looking too hard. Well, that he's d- got doesn't mean already. anything, you know. You can talk all you want on the phone. <laughs> it's no official application. Yeah. You know what it's like when remember when Bennett and Seabold were gonna do the old switcheroo and and Seabold's mm. coaching South and uh, you know. Will you be coaching Brisbane next year? I've never spoken to Brisbane, but the manager had, you know. And bless you. Yeah, yeah, and exactly I love Seabold, right. good, you know, but but you see that a lot, don't you? No, no, I've never spoken. Yeah, oh, absolutely. You know, a, there's always ways around it, you know. And Gus is the best in business. So, yeah, he's yeah, that won't mm-hmm. go away. In fact, I think, I think um, Freddie was on with Vossi and Brandy. Was it Monday or Tuesday? Mad rush. And yeah, mm. and they kept pressing him. Oh, yeah, you're going to be coaching next. Look, I'm just focused on the Blues. Any chance of coaching this? I just want to just look ahead to Origin. I, you know, it's a real politician's yeah. type answer. Uh, look, Flanagan's look, probably. I mean, Flanagan's drifting by the day. The Maguire stuff won't go away. I mean, everybody's speculating at the moment. I don't have a clue, but, you know, I thought this might have been knocked on the head, the Fittler thing, but but maybe not. Mm. Well, I, I don't know why he'd want the headache. He's, he's got a pretty good mm. media career and he gets, you know, decent wad out of coaching the Blues for three games a year. And I think I remember recently that he had an extremely profitable real estate deal go through uh, in the sort of hinterland uh, behind the northern beaches there. Yeah. So I don't, I'm not sure what his um, motivations would be to, to coach a club side. Uh, certainly his methods have been pretty effective at origin level. He's, you know, he, I think he's got a, he's got a third best winning percentage uh. at the Blues behind Ron Willie and Terry Fernley. So, there you go. Um, it's, uh, he's going all right, but uh. you know, it's, Coaching an NRL team is a completely yeah, different is, prospect. I'm not sure yeah. taking shoes off and grounding your, your feet <laughs> would work. Well, uh, you know, to, to be fair, he's obviously a better coach now than what he was when he took charge of the Roosters, albeit briefly. But, yes, I mean, it is one of the most stressful jobs on the planet, dare I say, being a first-grade rugby league coach. So how much earthing or, you know... Mm. Wim Hofer methods would he have to employ to, to get him through a season. Anyway, let's have a look to Origin. Who are some of the key players that each team are going to rely on to survive the Origin period? Yeah, well, we've done it. We've got a really big special um, on each team and how they're going to survive this Origin period. And it's going to be really tough for some. But others are really well armed to deal with even the loss of a host of um, Origin players. So we've, we've sort of pinpointed 
the person who is sort of your origin saviour um, for each club. And some of them are really interesting. I think the, the value of having um, either New, New Zealand players or players who have tasted a fair bit of origin but aren't there at the moment really shines through. Yeah. So, for like, instance, a, like a Manly, Melbourne maybe? Storm. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Well, Manly, Manly, we've picked out Josh Schuster yeah. as the guy. So we um, still got Jake, right? Josh, the missing DCE, but and, Schuster's sort of the anointed one now, isn't he? With Foran moving on, so you know, I think they'll right, go okay, yeah. man. So, yeah, yeah. I think they probably will. They've got um, the Warriors, West Tigers, Cowboys, Storm Knights, and a bye in the Origin period. Tigers, Cowboys, so Storm I mean, Knights. if they don't sort of Press yeah, the button that's, that's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah, that. Yeah, so Josh is the man for Manly, we think. Um, Jerome Hughes is the guy at the Storm. They'll yep. be without Munster, Coates, Harry Grant, Felice Cafusi. Mm. Um, but, um, you know, having a New Zealander run your back line really handy at this, this point. As that's, a real, that's a real Bellamy uh, sort of thing, isn't it? You always yeah. had the New Zealanders to cover origin period, Craig. Absolutely. Yeah. It's really smart. Yeah. Really smart. Oh, the um, Joey Manu yeah. was another one. Yes. Uh, Joey Manu, is, we've identified as the key man at the Roosters. So he's, you know, arguably the best centre in the comp, but he be- becomes an outstanding fullback when Tedesco um, heads to the Blues. Um, and, you know, it's amazing how versatile he is for a guy who seems like the sort of quintessential modern centre that for him to be a, a sort of the big engined um, fullback is quite yeah, remarkable. Quality player. So let me ask you this. So who's the saviour for the Dragons mm. now that they've lost their Dallium yeah. points leader no less in Ben Hunt? Is he young Jaden Sullivan? Well we have got Moses Embi. Oh, of course he's a proven leader. Proven captain the club before. Former origin um, player. and he has to he'll the former origin player who has to step up with a bit of leadership in the absence of Hunt. Um he might play seven. He, he might play a, a, a bunch of roles. So, um, with the, who are the Dragons are missing? Anything? Hunt and Tarek Sims. Tarek's the other one. Yeah. They've got. Tarek's got easy to cover, right? Yeah. Yes. Not bad. You'd think so. They've got the Cowboys. They've got the Rabbitohs, the Raiders, and the Broncos and the Roosters. That's actually a pretty tough run through the Origin period. It's it's tough, but it's not the worst, is it? Um, so anyway, well, yeah, yeah it's pretty. Worse. Yeah could be worse. Could always be. See, I'm an optimist. I'm an optimist. Mm. I was about to say, who's the saviour for the dogs? But I guess it doesn't apply, does it? <laughs> Sorry, man. Oh, this is me. Full strength. Actually pinpointed, yes. We have pinpointed a man who could be the saviour for the dogs, and it's Mick Potter. Well done. Well done. Oh, I <laughs> love Mick Potter. Dallium for both of our clubs, Simon. I love the man. Absolutely. Well, yeah. I remember, uh, I remember there was a game years ago where he sort of a kick return playing for the Dragons and Ian Roberts has put the hit of all hits on him. I don't know if you remember that. I'm trying to think where it was. was I do it, remember, yes. Was it a Cogra? I can't remember. And I remember talking to Ian Roberts last year and I said, oh, what about the hit Mick Potter? He can't remember it. God, did I? Yeah, I might have. I don't remember <laughs> that. <laughs> he goes, oh, I'm sorry, Mick. It was brutal. It was brutal. Oh, looking forward to it. We're all experts, aren't we? We're all experts. All right, mate, we better fly. Thank you, as always. We'll catch those great stories in the Daily Telegraph tomorrow. Cheers, Jules. There he is, Simon McLaughlin, the Deputy Sports Editor of the Daily Telegraph. one three hundred zero one eleven seventy. the open line number. And the text, text line, 0457 736 736. Welcome back to High Ground on this Wednesday night. Pinching a punch for the first day of the month.
we used to say back in the schoolyard, 0457 736 736. Great to have your company wherever you're tuned in tonight. SEN 1170 Sydney, 1620 on the Gold Coast and via the SEN app. Back to the open line, one 1170 Siv, good evening, my friend. Mr King, hello. How I, are you? I'm I really spoken, well. I, I haven't spoken to you for a little while. You and I go, go way back, mm. shall we say, without mm. going into detail. We go <laughs> way back. The, only, the funny thing is we haven't... We haven't actually met, but we go way back. We do. Can I just say that? You know, you know, Siv, I, there was a time I spoke to you more than I spoke to members of my family, Siv. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I think that's about right. Um, look, just on the that whole Buddy Franklin thing, I, oh. I, is there an update on that? Is there? Have they done something with that, or are they just sort of no, kicked it down the they, end of the street? They basically, he challenged it, Buddy, and they laughed at him. They laughed at him. Good. So he's going to miss. Good. Yes. Good. Miss the next I mean, game. I mean, I, I, I'm doing handstands because I, I you know, I, I think that that, I mean, we've got to be tough on that. I mean, that stuff in the NRL, we would be thumping the table if that was nothing more than six weeks. Correct. Or nothing. Yeah. You know, I mean, we would be, we would, we would be gunning for the the people who made the decision. So mm. I, I'm glad that they've they've done something with that. I mean, we could quibble and say, well, it's, you know, not not tough enough. But I, I think that. They've at least done something with it, and they've kept the ban because you can't go around hitting people on the on the face or the head or the neck area. I mean, that's just wrong in any kind head, of context. Head is sacrosanct. With all this talk about, yeah, exactly. I mean, all that talk about concussion. I mean, that's the main thing I was concerned about. I mean, okay, there wasn't, you know, there, he, he's not knocked out or anything like that, but nonetheless. You want to prevent any of that from happening, don't you? I mean, well, you do, but you do. And, and the other element to this too, Siv, is you know you've got to think about how what sort of image you're projecting to the fans. You know, how do you want to depict the game? And they've done a lot to sanitise it. You know, compared to the, the roughhousing we saw in the seventies and eighties, and it was tough and it was dirty. But I mean, Buddy knows better than that, honestly. And and Trent Conchin, they're sort of nudging and niggling each other. For those that don't know, it was a bit of a a confrontation between Lance Franklin and Trent Cochin in that wonderful game where the Swans fought back to defeat Richmond. I loved, I, I loved the end of that. The thing I don't get with the AFL is that, that free kick right at the end of the siren, whether, you know, having that little, you know, minute or two minutes of extra time. But I did ask him about it, and somebody explained to me that it's a bit like the soccer, where they tend to, you know, if there's, if there's a moment there, they need to ex- extend the time by a few seconds. They will. So... I, I kind of went for that, but I, I, that's that's a little part of the game that I don't quite get. But I will take 106 to 100. I mean, that's oh, I'll, I'll have that as a win. It was brilliant. Any time. I mean, I'll have that as a win. And um, any more news on Madge? Any more news on Madge? Because uh, I think I think no, there's supposed to be some review. No, there is there is going to be something. a review. A bit of a holding pattern at the moment. It was reported in the nine papers that he had until uh, Origin to be on double points on the ladder. Well, that's not going to happen. You know, they needed to beat Souths and then cash the two points of the bye to get to 10 points, but they lost to Souths. So what does that mean for his future? Uh, time will tell. If I was a betting man, Siv, I would say that he won't be there no, I don't at the end of there. the season. Can't say really. Um, but, ah. oh, look, I don't know. I don't know. Lee Hadjapantelis is the chairman. Uh, he has a regular yeah. spot with, with Andrew Voss and, and Brandy in the mornings, and he said, look, yeah. you know, he was signed, and I expect him to see out the contract. But I don't guarantee anybody's work. There are legal ramifications. But it's spoken like a true lawyer, really, in a sense. So, you know, sort of committed but not entirely. Left some not wiggle not room in case uh, they decided to part company with, with Madge. I love that 
something you said about Freddie earlier too, where, where he was asked something by the boys and, and he said, well, yeah, I'll just focus on the origin. Well, yeah. I just, <laughs> but but know, is there a chance? Well, yeah, I just want to look yeah. at I don't want to talk about you know, I don't it, want to talk about it. I hey, mean, see, it's a Polly's answer, right? So you know what they do? Is, they ask you a question. Yeah. They go, well, you know, uh, what about you know, debts in custody or something? I go, ah, yes, yes, take your point. But the real question here is, and then they <laughs> yeah, they totally change tack. I can't, I can't, I, I, I think Freddie and some of the other sports people, they're in danger of going down that path. And you see, I love my sport because I get to get away from, I mean, don't get me wrong, as you know from mm. previous history, I love the news and stuff and, and get into that. But I get, I go to the sport to get away from that stuff. I yeah. go to the sport, you know, to, um, you know, even, I'll even, I've been known to, if I can't get any shut eye, stick the races on. And just listen to the races. Oh, see you man. Shut eye. <laughs> Saying the races <laughs> put mean, you to sleep. Some of them do. Oh, some of them do. Some dear. of them don't. But some of them do. I mean, let's put it this way: I haven't got anything to back on anything, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to sort of, you know. And this is kind of the late night, you know. Mm, yes, yeah. No, the, 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 races, it's where you do you your know. best work, Steve. So, but um, clearly, yeah, you know, this <laughs> this is a medium. <laughs> Radio is a medium that uh, you are more passionate about than I am. If you listen to the races oh, at this time of the yeah, evening, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I do. As you, as you know, I, I do. Uh, I do love this medium, and and I do love the fact that even though I know two fifths of five eighths about sport, I can pretend that I know something about sport, and th- people think I know what I'm talking about. I mean, it's quite funny. It's it's. I met somebody the other day, and they were. They're telling me that they loved what I was saying, and I oh, do you now? And I, I, I couldn't really admit to them that I'm just pretending to know what I'm talking mm, about. Mm. You I fake, really fake it till you make it. I wanted to. Yes, that's that's what I do. That's what I do. That's what that's why I'm I'm a legend in my own lunchtime. Correct. That's why people love me. Well, Even the producers, they love it. They do love you. <laughs> they do love you. You know what, Steve? As long as you're entertaining, it doesn't matter if you don't know anything yeah. about sport. As long as we can have a, an enjoyable conversation. Yes, yes, I love yeah. it. I love an enjoyable chat, and mm. I love. I, I loved um, that little thing you played for for your guest earlier. That newspaper song by I, I loved that. Oh, Peter Coo did take me back to my. Co- yes, yes. I had a cassette tape of that once years ago. <laughs> a cassette tape. Years ago. Hey, now you're showing your age. You know, I'd show my yeah, kid well, a cassette tape and go, "What is can this I, can I, alien can artifact?" I, <laughs> can I? Can I just confess, Mister King, before I leave? Can I just confess it? I still have cassette tapes. Yeah, nothing They're wrong still with that. There. You know, Siv. I, I, mean, I still have a box of them. Yeah. Can I tell you this? Uh, back in the day, one of the most thoughtful presents you could give somebody was a three-pack of TDK D90s. Yeah. Or a three-pack of Maxells, you know. And then, yeah. and, and the lead pencil yeah. in case the tape came out, then you'd have to shove it in there and spool it back. Yes. Yeah. I did that with my bare fingers. I would stick my, I'd stick one finger in one hole and the other and finger in the other, yeah. and I just wind it. Yes, yeah. I used school. to do that with my bare, sensitive little hand. Yeah, yeah. That's why the, that's why my bare, sensitive little hands are just useful for a whole range of things. Good to talk to you, Jules. I love it to hear from you, Steve. Thank you. <laughs> He's always good value. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. The text nine number. Yeah, we don't talk a lot of AFL. Uh, but if you didn't see it, so basically Buddy has punched Trent Cotchin in the face. And he, he square got him because he nudged him. You know, in AFL, they just sort of they chest bump each other. It's just a ridiculous waste of energy. But he's picked up the right, even though it's a lefty, Buddy, and he's bang, he's fed, he's slapped, he's cracked him in the face. Close fist. And they said, you're kidding, aren't you, mate? AFL counsel Andrew Wood said Franklin's actions were brazen and cowardly. 
But, but, in his defence, Buddy's defence was saying, well, I'm tempted to say that uh, Trent Cochin might be invited to the Logies and not the Brownlows this year, suggesting that, you know, he, he bunged on there. Oh, I can't believe you hit me. I said, mate, close fist to the head. Uh, just a little caveat to that. Trent Cochin was a former Brownlow medalist, so he gets an invite for life. Uh, so I think that's where Buddy's argument fell down. We'll take a break. It's on high ground. Uh, Kazatkina, who has defeated uh, Kurta Matova, 6-4-7-6. Uh, she makes her way to the semis. And then world number one and the favourite, Iga Schwantek, is one apiece with Jess Pagula. Remember Jess Pagula played Ash in the, what, I mean, the quarters of the Australian. She got thumped, I remember. But all the talk was, oh, her parents owned the Buffalo Bills. So she's not short of a bit of coin. Lovely speech by Coco Goff, too, by the way. Good to see the Americans doing well. 0457 736 736. We'll catch up with Brett Phillips after 11 uh, with the latest there from Roland Garros. The finger thing means to taxes. Well, I guess this is a case where we'll have to agree to disagree. Now, Mad Russian, before you uh, put me under the blowtorch, Soccer is got a friendly against Jordan tomorrow morning. Of course, the big news, no Tommy Rogic. Is uh, mental health issues for our Tom? Uh, issue, we're we don't personal know that. issues yeah. that um, Arnie, when he was on Global Game last night, said he didn't know what was going on either. So right? they've okay. just given Tom some distance. Massive blow for us. Oh, massive, so massive, massive blow. Ahead what's what's of Aaron Moy's status games. at the moment? So Aaron Moy's had Andrew Clark, the soccer is fitness trainer, actually over with him in China, getting okay. him ready for this international break. So he's probably we as we need him. fit as he's been in the last 12 months. Yeah, great. Great stuff. All right. Excellent work. Paul Pogba's finally leaving United. He's going back to Juve. And I think he'll be much happier there. Mm. A lot less spotlight. Uh, the English press never took to him. No. And he's not the first that that's happened to. At so. his peak, gee, he's a good player, though. Well, he won a World Cup in midfield for France. He's, he's a decent player. Uh, there's a reason United were happy to sign him back for so much money. But, um, yeah, mismatch. not the first player to go wayward there. Um, since he went back. Just didn't do it consistently enough, you know, that's the thing. And he had 27 appearances last season. It wasn't a great campaign, but such is life. Anyway, and that was probably his most. I think if you go back and had a look at that, I don't know that for sure. But 233 I, I 20, games. That's I think a lot. 27 in a season would be yeah. as many as he played. But, but I remember, you know, when he dyed his hair blue and that wonderful win against Man City, we thought, yes. you know, when he's on, he looks like he wants to be there. I mean, he's, he's magnificent. He's still a world-class player. Oh if you can get that out of him. Yeah. Joined the academy at 16, over 200 United appearances. Lifted the Youth Cup, a couple of pieces of silverware, but probably wanted more out of his time there. Anyway, what have we got? Let's go. Number one. Yeah. We've got two origin questions to kick us off. One yeah, to each me. side. Number one, New South Wales. Cam Murray should not be starting game one. Disagree. Ooh, okay. Are well, you talking a from a fitness perspective? Yeah. yeah well, I think they say he's fit, he's fit. He's too good not to not pick. I'd have him. Coming straight back into an origin arena, you've got someone like Regan Campbell-Gillard, Liam Martin can play. Yeah, I mean, you could, you could make a case for Martin. And but just soften him up first half hour. Yeah, maybe, but I've got no issue with it. I'm happy with him starting. And think of Cam Murray, but I mean, he's, he's got that really fast play the ball too. Good player. The modern game. Which Timmy always talk, Tim Manor always talks about. The modern game. That's right. The modern game. I mean, Tim Manor, Tim Manor talking the 80s, about the yeah, Tim Manor talking about the modern game. Oh How good. Oh, thanks for making me feel old, Timothy. <laughs> he had a pretty quick play the ball, Tim Manor. Yeah, he's pretty good. You couldn't get him on his back. He's no. like a turtle. He's like a turtle. Fantastic play for Parramatta. And I'm well, he's like a, a turtle. He probably lived to 100. That's right. Yeah. Well, he might do, Tim, his lifestyle. Anyway. He's fit. 
Number two, Tino Fasumal Awi should start at 13. They should move Ruben Cotter, play prop forward, Queensland. Should just make that subtle little switch. switch. Nah, disagree. Disagree as well. Disagree. No. Anything I'd go for size is you move Cotter to the bench and have maybe Lindsay Collins starting. But oh look, no, probably not. No, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Disagree. Teams pl- players playing in their club sides. You, you don't look, care. Cotter's, wow. I mean, it's a bit. No, nah, that's. That's Cotter's made for Origin, mate. You can play with fullback and you'd you'd bust it go. <laughs> okay, fantastic. Okay, this one I hope you agree with. We'll have two boxing undisputed champions of the world in the next three months. George Cambosis Jr. Cambosis, I'm pretty Tim, confident about. Tim Zhu. Zhu Char. Oh, that Charlie's a good fighter, man. Good fighter. In the this, States. This is a real test for Zhu. Uh, I, I don't know. I will say disagree. I think Charlie might get him. The positive vibes I've being just sucked sent. it out of the room. Exactly yeah. right. Big Georgie Rose will be over there Sorry, negotiating Georgie. hard. Yeah. Can we cut a different version for Georgie? Because I know he's a big fan of the show. He's going to download the podcast. Okay, here we go. We'll have two undisputed champions of the world in boxing in the next three months. Agree. Fantastic. (laughs) Okay, food. You know I love to get you with a food question. Curry curry over soup in winter. Curry over soup? Curry. In a heartbeat. Yeah, fantastic. There we go. See, I knew I'd get it. I had to get an agree out of you somewhere, though. You know, full disclosure, mum was born in India. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So I love a good curry. I used to go to family Christmas. We'd make curries. My nan would whip up. Oh, I'm so man. not a. This is. I love soup. I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm a demon. Well, soup see, maker. I'm the opposite. I can't do soup. I make I'm a mean like, pumpkin. I make a mean. I, I like the simple bit of potato and leek. That kind of stuff. See, I'll go a minestrone. Yeah, my wife makes those zuppa de fagioli and the, you know, I the just Italian want, style ones. I just want it. crap in them. I just want chunks stuff everywhere. You want chunks. Yeah, exactly. I don't want soup. Mm. I want the quickest way is just to buy the can, open it, put it out. <laughs> Put in the microphone, microwave for three minutes. <laughs> Chunky. Remember the Heinz Chunkies? I used to put oh, away them. No, that would make me sick. Oh, I used to put away, kid you not, coming out from school every afternoon, a pea and ham, one of those with like some oh. crusty bread. No, I can't Beautiful. think of anything worse. Pea and, ham. pea and ham's a good soup. I don't mind that too. Yeah, That's put the very, hock in there. Very British. It's that very, sort of food. Very delicious, I hearty. think, is what you're trying to say. It's certainly hard. Well, hearty when it's 15 degrees in Sydney. No, that's very true. It's feeling like Manchester at the moment, isn't it? But yeah, curry, that'll warm me up. Absolutely. I prefer one of them. Okay, last one. Rafael Nadal Mm. will finish his career with more majors than Novak Djokovic. I think the end is nigh for Novak. I think he'll slow down. Mm. Um, The question is, in the next generation, you know, yeah. Alcarazes, your sinners, your and interesting. Um, those are the Felix, Julia so seems so interested to hear what Brett says about that because I I'm of the same opinion. I think those three guys are going to zip past Alex Zverev and Stefanos Sitsipas, who mm. were taint, touted for that role for so long. Yeah, I'm tennis. not I'm not sold on Zverev. I'm not sold on Neither. Zverev. Uh, they're good players, but they're not the sort of guys that are going to win. Double figure majors. They might jag one. Mm. You know, team's got a major. Chilich sort of jagged a major. You, they might jag one. They could mm. well jag two. They could be Stan Varinka sort of level. But it's going to be interesting now because it, as we push on from the retirement of Rafa, Roger, and then I guess to a lesser extent, Novak will stick around for a bit mm. longer. Three of the greatest we'll ever see. Mm. Like all with over 20 slams. It is just, it is unheard of. Yeah. When I started following tennis, the best players shared around sort of six, seven, eight each. Mm. Forget Sampras, who was up at 14. Yep. But I'm talking about 
Edberg, Becker, Lendl, Valanda, all these guys, and then a bit later, Agassi crossed over a bit. Yep. Seven slams, eight slams, mm. all of them, because they shared it, yep. right? So the 13. talent was so widely spread. Now you've got the guys at 20, and then what do you got? After that, That's right. you've got Murray and Warinka, which are both of them less than five. Yep. The gulf is enormous. And even at 35, Rafa looks like he's on track to win another crown. He's 14th, I think it is, 14, at Roland Garros. 14 at Roland At Garros. 35, with a foot injury and Absurd. a rib injury. And even in Australia, he couldn't be beaten. Mm. He Absurd. couldn't be beaten against Medvedev, who then went on to become the number one player in the world. It just shows the golf in class. And we're talking about really good tennis players here, but Rafa, Roger, no, that is another step up. Yeah. And just be blessed that we live in an era Absolutely. where we get to see body of, somebody of that talent. Thank you, mate. Anyway, we'll talk a bit more tennis with BP after the break here on High Ground. We'll get a French Open update with Brett Phillips very shortly in the program. Uh, women's quarterfinal action, Schwartek and Pegula to a piece. 0457 of course. Ray Warren uh, announced this afternoon that he has called his last game of footy. He's had enough. He's done. So he's stranded on 99 Origins. You know, years ago when I got in this business and I started producing sports radio, and we had a show over the summer, and we said, oh, let's get Ray Warren on. He was the first person I ever sent a text to requesting to come onto the program. The first person. And I was so nervous because I was the great Ray Warren. I've got his phone. I've got Ray Warren's phone number. I texted him. You know, oh, g'day, Ray. I'm just wondering if you might be free to have a chat at 20 past one on Sunday. We just want to go with so-and-so. go... And he writes back, and think about it, you read his text message, Brad. You read his voice. Yes, that should be fine. Just call the home line. <laughs> and it's got, wow, Ray Warren wrote back to me. I was on a high, I've got to tell you. I was on a high. Just quickly, sports birthdays today. Born in 1959. We love him, Martin Brundle. He's the famous pit walk, even though he doesn't recognise him half the time. Some of these, these celebs, I think they're too good to spend a few moments talking to him. I reckon, you know what, if you get the VIB tickets and you're in pit lane, if Sky come up to you, Brundle shoves a mic in your face, do the courtesy of talking to him. 1960, born today, the Socceroos legend, former captain, uh, Alan Davidson, 51 caps for the Socceroos, born in 1982, I should say. Uh, one of the best backhands in world tennis, Justin Annam from Belgium, seven-time Grand Slam singles titles, Olympic gold in 2004, born in Liege in Belgium. 1985, happy birthday, Dinesh Kartik, Indian cricketer and wicketkeeper, batsman, 26 tests. Uh, 1986, Ben Smith, legendary New Zealand Rugby Union utility back. 84 times he's played for the All Blacks. And 1988, uh, Chicharetto, loved him playing for United. Javier Hernandez, born this day in 1988. Then 1991, Tyrone Roberts, former rugby league player and born in 1997. Uh, great player. He is West Australian, plays for the Sixers in the Big Bash. He is Josh Philippi. Okay, let's catch up with our good mate Brett Phillips from... Stan Sport, uh, from the Nine Network, I should say, and, of course, SEN. Thanks to B-Solar. Let the sun pay for your electricity. Visit B-Solar to learn more. G'day, BP. Jules, uh, good evening. Great to speak to you. The sun is out in Paris, quarterfinal day, and a uh, great story about Rabs. Uh, you know, I learned that as I woke up uh, today. Jeez, those voices when you close your eyes, those mm. distinctive voices in sport. He's uh, one of the first to uh, yeah, recall of the... Top of your head, what a voice. It's incredible, isn't it? It's a gift that only a handful of commentators have where they just they can yep. lift you, they can get you excited, they can make you bolt in from the other room. You know, there's, there's many That's great right. commentators, but he was he was absolutely elite in that respect. It was just something about the way he broadcast that made you ride with him. 
exactly right there, Jules. Yeah, <laughs> but everyone, oh, yeah, you know, the twelfth man. He goes, Rich, I, and I got him doing the cricket. He was great at that. He's put some hurt on the ball. <laughs> it was brilliant stuff. It was brilliant yeah, stuff. Uh, women's quarter final action. We got uh, number one v the eleven seed Pecula at the moment. Mm. Yeah, on serve as we speak and. Uh, she's a fascinating watch, Iga Sviantek, the world number one, uh, on this massive winning streak. And uh, that brings uh, pressure in itself. And we know she got through the first two rounds really comfortably. Was pushed, uh, what, 6-3-7-5 by Kovinich in the third round. Dropped a set to Zheng of China in the last round, then recovered. And uh, Jessica Bagula, well, she's into her third major quarterfinal. I mean, I remember her in Melbourne uh, 18 months ago. Uh, when she made her first quarterfinal and interviewing her out on court. And uh, she was just so composed, a nice ball mm-hmm. striker. To be honest, uh, you know what? If she didn't play tennis, she'd be fine financially because the parents are absolute billionaires. With the uh, Buffalo Bills, uh, the, yeah. The Bills and the Sabres, I think, in the NHL. They've yeah. got plenty of cash. Yeah. Uh, but she's going out and forging her own career. So she wanted to step out of the shadow of her family uh, in their sporting ownership over in the USA and she's uh, had a huge rise the last 18 months, two years to be now inside the top 10. Uh, she's just solid, just a solid, solid ball strike. It's interesting, she does get to this stage of the tournament and always have a little bit of strapping on one of her legs, which is um, there today, but she's holding her own at the moment, three games all. Uh, Fiontech looking maybe to break here at uh, Love 15 on the Bagula server. She starts to find her range. And the winner of this will play uh, Daria Kasekina, mm. um, normally playing under the Russian banner who got through earlier against um, Kudamotova, her uh, fellow countrywoman. And uh, well done to Daria. She was top 10 in the world going back. I reckon the first time I went to Miami, she lost to, uh, sorry, to Indian Wells. She lost to Naomi Osaka in the final. And there was a shift in fortunes. Naomi went north and Daria went south in terms of the rankings, lost her form, but... Uh, she's back heading towards the top 10 and uh, yeah, she's into her first ever semi-final. Good for her. And the other semi-final too. Uh, does, doesn't Coco Goff speak beautifully? She speaks really... I, I saw yeah. that that little chatter and I thought not many 18-year-olds, particularly sports people, speak as eloquently as she speaks. And, and she's going to play the Mexican, uh, Martina Trevison, who uh, had... Mexican, Italian. You know what? My, I've been saying to Multi for the last. My eyes are going here, and these lights, and I've seen the red, white, and green, and I go, no, she's Italian. I've got so. My apologies. My apologies. Same thing, Jules. I beg your pardon. No, No, I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Who? I thought I I haven't done my research. You totally threw me. Yes, no, no. Who? uh, Anyway, she knocked off uh, Layla Fernandez. Yeah. Uh, very good, Martina Trevisan. This is see, this is the Grand Slam that throws up these sort of results because a lot of the a lot of the top women and men don't you know grow up on clay. They don't play on clay that much apart from this little swing of the season. So uh, a lot of their balls sort of get neutralised a little bit. But those who can be creative on a clay court know how to slide, know how to just their court craft are often ones that can make a bit of a run in Paris that won't feature at the other slams. Now, she made a quarterfinal last year and she's made a semi this year. So a huge uh, spike in the rankings uh, for her. But, yeah, I agree with you about Coco Golf. I mean, I think the first time I heard her, you know, pick up a mic, she was about 14, 15. I mean, yeah. she played, what, uh, Venus at Wimbledon when she was 15. Venus was 39 and a big upset in round one yeah. going back about three years ago. And, yeah, you're right. She's got, you know, just you know, great parents around her. She's put a really good team, and 
to watch her match yesterday against Sloane Stephens, it was just beautiful strategy. Uh, just smarts, her IQ to know where to direct the ball, to pull the trigger on the right shot. Uh, very, very good. So this is the next evolution for her to yeah, make a semi-final. And uh, I'll tell you, Sviontek golf final would be, that'd be superb if we can make that happen somehow. Yeah, most certainly. And uh, a lot of strength in, I guess, American women's tennis at the moment, all featuring at the at the pointy end of the tournament. Now, Rafa and Novak, uh, this was another rare pick. It's just remarkable, isn't it? 59th meeting. And now Nadal moves to 29-30 in their head-to-head, one of the all-time great sporting rivalries. And Rafa's got up 6-2-4-6-6-2-7-6, four hours and 11 minutes and finished quarter past one local time. The thing about this match, BP, it's disappointing that it was only a quarterfinal. And I know that they seeded according to rankings, but Wimbledon traditionally have sometimes gone against the rankings and looked at those that specialise on, in their case, grass. Mm. So I just wonder if they've mm. missed a treat here because it sort of it, it made the draw a bit too lopsided for my liking, considering Rafa was on the first line of betting with most with most punters. Yeah, no, so I I, I I get where you I get where you're coming from. Absolutely, um, as this tournament's unfolded. Part of me has said, hey, hey, at least this gives another opportunity for someone else to make a Grand Slam final to maybe shine. So mm. that, that's sort of my perspective on it, that um, we'd have maybe, you know, one of the greats versus one of the uh, one of the up-and-comers who's trying to strike as a, as a final, as opposed to obviously having Rafa and, and, um, and the Joker. Uh, so I, I didn't mind it personally in a, in a quarterfinal, but you're right, Wimbledon, they basically do what they want. They do what they want with everything. Wimbledon, as we know, uh, with all their traditions and decisions that they make. And yes, they do go on uh, your grass court exploits and uh, form of the past. Um, but look, it was a classic. Um, you know, I mean, you can't take your eyes off these two. It was physical from the outset, stretching each other to all corners of the court. And Nadal, uh, that was the question mark. Um, I just didn't expect him to to come out with so much spring in his step last night. He knew he had to get off to a really good start and he got that first set and the game, you know, was always going to have some momentum shifts because, you know, you just don't get it on your own terms when two greats are playing each other. Uh, But just Nadal's tenacity, uh, that forehand, he was ripping it. Uh, Djokovic, I think, used the drop shot a bit too much to the point where Goran Ivanisevic wanted to jump out of his seat and go on court and just grab him by the neck and say, yeah, stop playing that damn drop shot. Uh, it was just too much, uh, which has become a huge uh, shot to play on clay because you can get some real benefits uh, from it, but you've got to execute it so superbly. But, yeah, we didn't get disappointed last night. And um, it's a big statement, isn't it, that Rafa you know, could win a 14th, but um, most significantly get a two-slam buffer over Djokovic yeah. in this race to be the best statistically. So yeah. it was a huge night. It's just incredible. You know, it's the old adage, you never ride off a champion. Then he somehow managed to win the Australian Open. He's got that, that chronic foot injury, had the rib concern yep. heading into this. He just he just finds a way. I mentioned this at the top of the show. It's one of my favourite quotes. And you would have seen it when Jordan Thompson, he went down earlier in the tournament to Rafa and he goes, I thought I was in trouble, and then after that first point, I don't know how I won it, but I thought, is that what I've got to do to win a point against Nadal? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that is how hard it is to play the guy. Yeah, and, and, that's, and that's, that's men's tennis in the top ten. Um, we go a bit further than that. I mean, the entree was pretty good last night. I mean, I've said a couple of times through the network today that 
uh, I felt like we had um, two. It was like Christmas Day. We had two servings, uh, lunch and dinner. Mm. <laughs> you know, when you <laughs> you're sort of picking out at lunch and you go, oh, I've got to go dinner on Christmas Day. It's just too good to refuse. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, yesterday we had eight eight sets of tennis between four players inside the top ten, and it was just of the highest quality. Uh, I mean, the Zverev to beat Alcaraz was a huge statement for, for Big Sasha, who, you know, everyone had started to maybe just put down the pegging order a little bit because he hadn't broken through, and the next gen were coming uh, behind him. Uh, so that was a big, uh, big stake in the ground that he claimed, and you know, look, he'll, you know, he'll certainly fancy himself as a chance uh, against Rafa because Rafa's got to come up again and play another match. But we don't ever underestimate Nadal. But Zverev, um, due to the way he played yesterday. He's ball striking and he's mm. clutch serving. Uh, he's got to be right in the picture in that match. Yeah, surprised me. And then the other quarterfinal action, we've got Rublev and Chilich a bit later on tonight. And the winner of that yep. will play Casper, uh, the winner of Casper Ruud and Holger Rune. Uh, a couple of good tournaments for both of those gentlemen. Yeah, all the R's are out uh, today. Rude uh, Andre Rublev. Yeah. This is a huge opportunity for Rublev. Um, he's been in the top 10 for a little while now. A very good tour player, you know, winning those 250s, 500s. Uh, no subtly, just sea uh, ball, strike ball. Uh, yeah. It's it's all that aggression. Uh, and Chilich has sort of wound, wound back the clock. I mean, this is a guy yeah. who's you know, been an exceptional player in his career, slam winner, two other majors. Um, but he you know, lost his way for a little while, form-wise. But uh, as convincing as you'll get over Medvedev. But I reckon Rublev there and uh, yeah, Rude and Rune as the night session. Uh, I know everyone's talking about Holger Rune. But I think by the end of tomorrow morning, we might be really talking about Casper Ruud because this Norwegian is just a classy pro who is unheralded, uh, you know, doesn't get the fanfare of the others, uh, but he's an exceptional clay quarter. He's been probably the best-performed clay quarter uh, outside of Nadal for uh, the best part of the last two or three years. So Casper, I think, might just see off Holger Ruud. Not sure if he's got another match. He might cramp up the young man, whether he can go another big match in a Grand Slam. Uh, that's the question mark. Okay, so you like the look of the friendly ghost. We're going to call him here on the program. Uh, thank you so much, Brett, mate. This will probably be the last time we speak, I guess, until Wimbledon. Um, so, But we'll catch all your fine work on the first serve as well. Enjoy the tennis. Thanks for your time. Thank you, Jules. There he's a good fella, BP. My apologies, too, uh, for confusing Mexico and Italy, albeit briefly. <laughs> and then he doubled down to Brett Phillips. Uh, happens to the best of us. And he's brought to us, of course, by B-Solar. Let the sun pay for your electricity. Visit B-Solar to learn more. That is us done and dusted for a Wednesday night. Thank you, everybody, for your calls and contributions tonight. Thank you to Simon. Thank you to Brett Phillips. And thank you to you, the mad Russian. Uh, I won't be back for a little while because we got, on Friday, the late game because of the split round. Then Monday, we got the test match. Wednesday, we got Origin. So I get to kick back, sit on the couch, watch all the sport, listen to the sport and SEN and grow fat. Sounds like a dream. Catch you soon. Julian King. Bye.